Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord God, we come to you this morning. We are thankful to be in your house. We ask, Lord, that you would shine your your love upon us this morning. That we might leave here in power from your Spirit. That, Lord, we might hear from you this morning from your Word through praise by sitting at the table, by encouraging someone else. Lord, we come here seeking you to hear you, to experience you. May this morning be powerful in your name. In your name we pray. Amen. Scripture this morning is from Genesis chapter 3. And I guess I'll give you a little background. You know, the first couple chapters of Genesis, the great artist God creates this world. He takes and he separates the light and the dark. He separates the water from the land. He inhabits it with birds and mammals and fish. He puts the moon and stars in place. And then for his most creative event, he makes man, Adam. What an amazing creation he makes. And then to give Adam a place to inhabit, He builds this beautiful garden, Eden. And you know what happens. (laughs) It doesn't take long, does it? It doesn't take long for Adam and his new helpmate, Eve, to get tangled up. He also puts in that garden this tree of knowledge and this tree of life. And he says, don't mess with those. They're not good. And yet, that sin nature, that moment where they take of that fruit, it happens. And if you read it real close, you'll realize pretty quickly that Adam is the perfect husband. Because he throws his wife right under the bus. God, it was my wife. My wife and that serpent. And so God has to make a judgment upon Adam and Eve. And because God is just and, he, and He's righteous and, and He can't have that sin in, his, in front of Him. And so He makes that judgment. And we've, we've probably all read that, that they will be kicked out. But in the midst of that judgment, there's a really powerful moment where we, find, where we see God's mercy. And that's what we're going to focus on this morning. We're going to look at God's mercy in this very moment. Remember, He took this beautiful piece of art and it got all messed up. And yet God had mercy. Verse 20 of chapter 3. It says, Adam named his wife Eve because they would become the mother of all living. 
The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side a garden of Eden, cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life. May God add his blessing to the reading of the word this morning and as we prepare our hearts uh, to sit around the Lord's table. Do ask that you'd be working in our hearts at this very moment. Lord, we have heard your word. May your word be spoken in power and truth. Lord, we pray that you would speak into our hearts, each and every one of us. I pray, Lord, that you would use me in a powerful way, that your words would be spoken and that it would be heard. Encourage us in the midst of our day, of this new year, of this new time, of this new experience. Encourage our hearts that we might understand you better. That 2018, Lord, will be a powerful year in our lives where we see change and we are encouraged to change others. Lord, we seek your face this morning knowing full well that you will speak into our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, look. Who am I? I got to admit, I can't see a lick. <laughs> the funny part is, you guys have no idea that when he left in his office, he had I, no less than four or five pairs. And I said, oh, you finally rounded them all up, huh? And then I come out here this morning and there's one pair left. <laughs> I guess I'll be sending them a, a, a package this week. <laughs> so this week, well, for the next four weeks, we're going to look at uh, four moments in Scripture that I think are pretty interesting. They're moments where something new happens. See, we're going through, we're gonna, we, we find those moments in Scripture where something brand new happens. Something changes. And you know, we're six days in, seven days into this new year. I don't know about you, uh, but I'd be willing to bet that most of us have made a resolution of some sort. Whether we've spoken it or we just thought it, because right, if we speak it, then we have to be a little bit accountable for it. Um, but we probably didn't speak it out loud. We're, for one, one easy resolution, I, promise, I won't eat as many calories as I've eaten since Thanksgiving, right? Because we've eaten so many calories and sugar and extra. Oh, it's terrible. It's good for you. It's good for you, yeah. And if you don't believe me, you can go down to like the Planet Fitness. I bet you can't get in the door there for at least this week and next. I used to have a Y membership, and every January was miserable because it was crowded. But fear not. <laughs> By the 1st of February, everything was back to normal. <laughs> and isn't that who we are as human beings? But anyway, I, I think it's interesting and encouraging for us to look at um, new things 
that God is doing in our life. Because if we're not careful, sometimes we just get in this rut. I'm going to go to church because, and I'm going to sit in my same pew because, and I'm going to leave because. God is doing new things, and it's exciting, and it should be exciting to you. I'm excited for new things. I hope you're excited for new things. And so we're going to look for the next for month of January, we're going to look at new things God is doing. Now, I will tell you that the new things that we're looking at, the scriptures we're looking at, there's kind of a dark side to each and every one of them. There's kind of this not all good things happen part of it, right? And it's easy, just like today's scripture about the fall, it's easy to get hung up on the fall, right? Adam and Eve messed it up. Reality is, we messed it up. But it's easier to blame Adam and Eve or Adam to blame Eve and the serpent. Or We messed it up. And so we have a hard... So anytime you look at Genesis chapter 3, you see the fall, right? We know what happened there. And yet we see in this passage God's mercy in the midst of that fall. See, God, up until that point, He had created and everything was perfect. But then it got messed up. And he had to show, he didn't have to show, he did show his mercy to us. And so in the next four weeks, we're going to look at a common thread of God showing who he is in the midst of very tough times. This is God's creating of the the world and creating man from the dust. So what's new this week? What's new in your life? What's new for 2018? What are you going to do different this year than you did last year? And it's so easy to say, I'll lose 10 pounds. I'm going to work out more. What are you going to do spiritually for 2018? What are you going to do differently than you've done before? And Maybe it's just a matter of being more consistent. I have a few ideas. I have a few things that I think will help. I hope. I hope you hear that those, what God's mercy does and how we can share that God, mercy to others. So what's new? God's mercy is new. The very first thing in uh, verse 20, uh, 21, it says, The Lord God made... Oops, sorry. The Lord God made skins, coats of skins, and clothed them. Did you realize that God made provision at that very moment? Up until this point, there was no animal sacrifice. God made the animals. There was lots of animals. There's lots of there's Adam and Eve. Nice garden. Everything's going along well. Then sin happens. At that very moment, God has to make provision to rebuild, to reconstruct a relationship that was broken. It was broken by man's sin. And at that moment, when they, you remember when God says, okay, where are you guys? And they're hiding, right? Oh, we covered ourselves because we, 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 we know we're ashamed. We, we know we're ashamed. And God made them close at that moment. What it doesn't say in Scripture, but what you can take from that is that in order to make a skin of clothes, something had to be sacrificed. Something, someone, something was 
blood was shed so that man could be clothed. And God made a way. God made a way that He would be connected and stay connected with man. And so God made a provision. A way that we, He could be connected to Adam and Eve. And we know the further in to the Scripture as we go and we continue on, that Jesus would be that once and for all. Jesus would be that once and for all sacrifice. But we sat around the table and we were reminded that God's provision to fix the problem of sin would be a blood sacrifice. And in Hebrews 10.10 it says, By this will of God we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Up until then, up until Jesus came, they would have to sacrifice. And that would last for a, a time. And then they would have to sacrifice again. And that we were, we take me into the Holy of Holies, there was a mercy seat. And they would shed that, that shed blood would be sprinkled upon that mercy seat. That they might be forgiven. But only for a time. And then they would have to do that again. And only for a time. And then they would have to do it again. And the writer of Hebrews reminds us that Jesus was that once and for all. That once and for all sacrifice. That we wouldn't have to go back to the Holy of Holies and sacrifice again and again and again. That Jesus' blood covered all of that. That's exciting. That should be exciting to us. And I want to encourage you to share that with those around you. See, I think a lot of times we come into a, to church and we, we feel judged. We feel ashamed. We feel that someone looked at us like they, they can read into our eyes, that they know what we've done. And I want to encourage you this morning that we are all in the same boat. We are all in the same spot. We are all in the same place. Sin has ruined our lives. And the only thing that will fix that is the blood of Jesus. The only thing that will fix that. I was talking to someone this week about hope. And, and the comment was made, how do people live life without Jesus? There is no hope. How does, a, how does someone get up every day and get out of bed without hope? If you don't know who Jesus is this morning, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to invite Him into your life. There'll be a time before you leave today. A time to come to the altar. A time to meet with a deacon or a deaconess. Or, uh, I'd love to pray with you. An opportunity to meet with Jesus in 2018. See, you can sit in that pew and you can read scriptures and you can hear all these things. But until that moment where you invite Him into your life, until you take that chance, and I think that's one of the struggles we have. It's hard to take that chance. You have to put yourself out there to allow Jesus to come into your life. But at that very moment, you take a chance on Him. He is faithful and just. He's not going to walk away. But it's a scary moment. See, that cross, those crosses remind me that He died and that He rose again. And that I can hang on to that in those moments when there is nothing else. That that is my hope. That at any time, if everything gives way, Psalm 46 says, 
Everything gave way. The mountains gave way. And everything washed down. There was nothing except God. That's, that's my hope. And I pray that that's your hope today. The second thing is that God allows us to be involved. Now, I know when you read the Scripture, you read that God banished them from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which He had been taken. And the first thought is, and I've heard this from people, that God forced them to work. That up until that point, they didn't have to work, but God put this work upon them, right? And that's how it feels to us. We don't always love work. But I, I want to encourage you that we need something to do. I don't know about you, but I'm not very good at sitting around doing nothing. And we all say, well, I'd like to... Pra-, now, I even say I'd like to practice that some more. But it doesn't take very long before we all go stir-crazy. And I'm reminded of this. There's a verse that's similar, but it's not, I'm reminded, that, and I don't mind as the devil's playground, um, I'm reminded of the things... I get into trouble when I have too much time on my hands. Usually got myself in a, in a pickle. God gives, God gives Adam some work. Now, mind you, he was working in Genesis chapter 2. God put him in Eden, and, and he was going to work in Eden. So it wasn't like he got work. The difference was he's got a lot more thorns, and a lot more briars, and a lot more bran, brambles, and Branches that fell down and leaves to be... He got a lot of extra work. Probably needed it. He probably needed it. See, I don't think work is a bad thing. Now, sometimes we don't like what we do. Sometimes we don't enjoy every part of what we do. But I would challenge you to look at work in a different way in 2018. To look at the opportunities... If, if you despise your job, look for the opportunities to connect with people. Because isn't that what our life is all about anyway? The relationships that we build, the connections that we make, the opportunities to share Christ with other people. That's what's important about our jobs. Now we can say, well, if I get 10 of these done, I'll be okay. I'll make raid. I'll get my money. And... But at the end of the day, it's all about those relationships and, in, and encouraging, you know, that, that saying that says, the only thing you take to heaven is other believers. You've heard that, right? I have a, a project for you. Um, I, I think, I, can, I probably can only talk you into it for the short term, but I think it's really good for the long term. So for those of you who are short terms, it's okay. And those of you who are willing to do it for a little longer, Great. So you realize that there is a change here and that I can't see who sits next to you or behind you or in front of you or who you pass in the hall in your Sunday school. I'm not going to catch people who aren't here or people who are not feeling well or people who you haven't seen for three or four weeks. But we are all creatures of habit and we all tend to sit in the same spot. And so we know who sits to our left, normally, and we know who sits to our right, 
behind us and in front of us. We know who we pass, because if we're late people, we're always late with the rest of the lates, right? Or if we're early, we're always early with the rest of the earlies. I want to encourage you and challenge you to find a couple people in this church. Find out their name. Now, it's not fair if it's your spouse, all right? If you don't know where your spouse is, <laughs> that's not fair. That's, that's, out of, that's, that's cheating. <laughs> but it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to make sure they're okay, too. But I want to encourage you to find a couple people in this church who you don't know. And this is your opportunity to walk up to someone that you have no clue what their name is. Now, just so you know, I'm not great at names either. So you got to write them down. And so this is your so this is easy, right? Because it's not awkward anymore because you don't have to go up and say, you can just blame it on me. Say, I'm finding someone I don't know and I'm going to encourage you. I just want to encourage you. Because I'm going to tell you that there are people missing today who need to know that they're cared and loved for. There are people who have not been in service for a couple months. Not because they don't want to be in service, but because life has given them enough other problems that they can't get here on Sunday. Does that mean they don't care? Or that they aren't serving God? Absolutely not. And does that mean we don't care? Absolutely not. And so this is an opportunity at least for January. How's that? We'll start it. And I'm going to remind you every week. To, I want to encourage you to find a couple people you don't know. And so when we leave this morning, you're going to be able to ask somebody. It's not even going to be awkward. You're going to say, hey, I don't know who you are. I see you in church, but I want to encourage you. And I, I'm praying that God will put someone or a couple people on your heart. Maybe a couple people you saw. Maybe a couple people you'll see in second service. I, whatever. But I want to encourage you that... God gave us a job, an opportunity, a a responsibility. And I want to encourage you to do that. And finally, God gave us boundaries. I don't know about you, but I don't like boundaries. I always used to say I'll never go into military because there's way too many people telling me what to do. And then I got married, so... (laughs) yeah yeah note to self she is absolutely not that way the dog bosses me around more than she does so of course i don't have to take her outside either though so god gives us these boundaries he he showed his mercy through boundaries at the end, on, in verse 24, it talks about um, protecting them with a, uh, an angel and a sword so that they couldn't eat from the tree of life. See, God knew that they knew, had this, they'd eaten from the tree of knowledge and that He didn't want them to live in that sin condition for the, forever, for eternity. Had they eaten of the, the, the tree of life, they would have lived eternally in that sin nature. And God knew he needed a different plan and he couldn't, that he needed to protect that tree. And see, I don't know about you, but every time I got those boundaries, I feel like I'm being... Isn't that probably the, the thing that people say about church? Oh, if you go to church, they just make all these rules. And all the rules, and you can't do this, and you can't do that. And Honestly, if, 
if you know if you have a relationship with Christ, you really realize that one, that's not really true, and two, that boundaries are healthy. And I'll remind you of that as we have raised our our children, and um, as you are have raised children, grandchildren, great grandchildren, that boundaries are good. Boundaries protect us. If we don't tell our children that the the stove is hot, what happens? They get hurt. If we don't put the little Mr. Yuck sticker on and uh, put the latches on the doors so our kids don't drink poison, what happens? Those are protective boundaries. And those are important. And God puts boundaries in our lives so that we can be safe, that we don't get hurt. I always always think about... um, about sex, and I know that's a really weird thing to say, but, but I didn't say it like that, Veronica. Rude. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, the reason I say that is because I, I don't think people, um, young people understand the emotional connection, the, the mental toll, the spiritual toll that it plays on people's lives. It's not just a physical act. And, and, and so I, I watch young people who suffer so greatly after because they don't grasp the, the other connections that are made. God made this, this awesome experience in the, in, the, in the focus, in this realm of um, two loving people together for a reason. For a reason. Because there's so much more... Uh, emotional attachment. And the world says, just have at it. Have at it. Just do it. And so we've taken all these boundaries off and we wonder why people are hurting so badly. Because I see young people, 13, 14, 15 years old, who are so wounded that they'll never be able to have a healthy life, a healthy relationship outside of God totally changing them. They're already broken. And it challenges me to see that the world says, have at it. And the church is being restrictive because we don't want to see people hurt. It hurts me to watch those young people who aren't able to make those decisions, who aren't emotionally strong enough and, and developed enough to make those decisions. Boundaries are healthy. We need those boundaries in our life. If you haven't heard anything else this morning, I just want to encourage you and remind you. 2018, we have a new start. God's mercy is bigger than any of the mistakes that you have made. If you've walked in here and you feel somehow less than someone else, or not capable, or not up to, or not worthy, I want to encourage you this morning. In spite of those things, God's mercy is bigger than that. He loves us so much that He was able to make a plan that we could have a relationship with Him. And I just want to remind you that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We all need the grace that God offers. You'll have an opportunity as we we prepare to sing. An opportunity to come to the altar. An opportunity to be prayed with, prayed for, prayed over.
I want to encourage you. You know, it's, it's always challenging to step out. It's always challenging for people to see me. I don't want people to see me. But I want to encourage you that if you need to make that connection, that relationship with God, you can know all about who He is and still not know Him. You can know all the verses there are to know and still not know Him. And I want to encourage you to not leave this place unless you have that relationship with Him. It's important. It's vital. Vital to our lives. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to You this morning. I am thankful that Your Word is always true. I am thankful, Lord, that in this new year we can see what's new and going on in and around us. And Lord, that we can see Your mercy in the midst of Adam and Eve's failures. And it reminds me, Lord, that Your mercy goes in the midst of my failures. That when I say something, or do something, or act some way, or think something, Your mercy covers my sin. Lord, I pray this morning that You would encourage those who are here Lord, first to be reminded that you still provide, that you provided a way for us, and you provide a way for us today that if we would call Jesus, call upon Jesus, that you would take all that away. Lord, you have not asked us to fix everything before we do it. You ask us to come to me, all who are weary, heavy, heavy laden, those who are burdened. You're not asking us to take care of it beforehand. You're asking us to give it to you. And I pray, Lord, that you would remind us of that. Lord, I pray for those who need encouraged in our, our congregation. Lord, I pray for those who will take a chance, step out and ask somebody their name as service ends. And Lord, that you would encourage their hearts this year by stepping out, by being encouraged by someone else. Lord, that we would keep track, that we would be reminded to uh, to be connected to those around us. Lord, we are so blessed to have You as our Father. Encourage our hearts this morning. In Your name we pray. Amen.